Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries, a disciple-making family of churches focused on the reality of Christianity. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your revelation of Jesus and increase in fruitfulness in your life. A lot of places will give you a, um, a motivation for giving by maybe um, sharing things and, and, and trying to become self-centered about giving and stuff like this. But um, you, know, you need to forget about those kind of messages for a moment because I'm not going to do that. Okay, uh, you know, what is the, the, the reward for giving? I'm not going to say give and your money will be multiplied back to you because I don't believe that. And I might need to unpack that a bit more for some of you. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I believe that that kind of idea is, is largely flawed. Okay, so you know, if you want your money to increase, because a lot of people would give into offerings because they want their money to increase. Okay, that is extremely self-centered and carnal, to put it bluntly. And so if you're excited about messages like that, then you came to the wrong place, but I'm going to help decarnalize you. Okay, because you know, it doesn't work like that. If you want your money to increase, you need to get more work. If you want your money to increase, you need more business, more clients. Your, your money uh, uh, will increase through putting your hands to something. Okay, does God provide miracles? Yes, we'll talk about that. Okay, but your giving really translates into salvation of souls. That's why we give. Because we love God, we love the kingdom, we're excited about the message and we want to see this message of good news that God's not holding our sin against us and people can come into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness and experience eternal life, eternal peace, eternal joy. That's the reward, is seeing that in heaven one day. But there's no earthly reward except maybe the joy of seeing some of the results of it. But sometimes we don't even see the results of our giving. So... If we look at Matthew chapter 6, I think these verses should be up there. Matthew 6, 19. I hope that you can see them. But Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. And so if we look at that verse, Matthew 6, 19 to 21, you'll see that it's Jesus speaking and he's placing a value and an importance on things that are eternal, not things that are temporal. And a lot of giving messages will motivate you and say that it's giving towards eternity, but uh, uh, you're going to benefit from it now. And so our motivation is something temporal. It's not something eternal. Okay? He says, lay up your treasures in heaven where no thief will steal from, uh, from you because that's where your reward will be. Okay? Your treasure, your reward is in heaven. If it's give to get, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it works. It, it, it's, it's a reward-based thing. It, it's as if God is some kind of slot machine or something like that. Okay, why? You know, if you think about Africa, I, I didn't realize this until I did a bit of research on it, but Africa has a lot of give to get messages from the top to the bottom and all the way around. Let's just focus on Africa for a moment. Why hasn't it worked yet? 
You know, even in Zimbabwe, in, where we've just come back from, we were encountering a lot of people who got tired, burnt out on that message, poor because of that message. And so what did they do? <clears throat> they gave up on that message. And they were giving wholeheartedly. And then they came into what I'm talking about now a little bit. And then they started to see more fruitfulness in their giving even. They were giving more. Not because of, I'm, I'm trusting God for a hundredfold return or a tenfold return or a whatever return. But now they were trusting God that the money would be used to reach people. Which is a much better uh, a motivation. Love for people. For Ben so loved the lost that he gave some of his hard-earned money to be able to reach the lost. It sounds a bit like John 3.16 on purpose. You know, or for Ben so loved himself that he gave some of his hard-earned money so that he could see a return and buy another car. We like that because it's carnal and it appeals to us, but just work, save, buy a car, and you can still give. Okay? So if you think about Africa, it's not really done Africa much good. If you think about Africa, you know, uh, why hasn't God multiplied back to us that there's just like the bread baskets are full? It's crazy how it looks like in, in Zimbabwe, especially at the moment, with two different currencies and one system. And uh, uh, how the, 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 you know, in one month, um, uh, the pastor there was telling me his income, because he works for the equivalent of ESCOM, his salary was worth, let's say, 4000 I'm just throwing out uh, uh, numbers for numbers' sake, but let's say he was earning $4,000, US dollars a month. The government changed the currency to the local currency, the bond note, and in one month, that the government promised that it would be equal to 4,000 bond notes, but in reality, within a few days, it became worth $1,000. <laughs> and they had to kind of make that work and stretch it. You know, to believe that the Bible is talking about uh, uh, money, like when it's talking about sowing and reaping, for example. Those are some verses that we would have to get into, which we're not going to. But it devalues God. It makes Him uh, 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 kind of smaller to the point of, if you don't give me, I'm not going to give to you. If you don't pay your dues, I'm not going to look after you. That's how we see it. I didn't pay my tithe. I can't expect God to provide for me. Give. Give your tithe if you want to. Give whatever you want to. It's good. It's useful. It's helpful. It's important for you in prioritizing God. But God's not going to look after you more if you give. Or if you don't give. The motivation isn't for God to look after you. Why? Because you're His child and He wants to look after you. Because of identity, not because of performance. We need to root out performance from our, uh, our DNA. You know, do you know that God will give to whoever? Not whoever He wants. He wants to give to everyone. But He will give to anyone. Do you know how I know that? Because He makes the rain to fall on the good and on the bad. The Bible says that. He causes the, 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 the sun to shine, to rise on the just and the unjust. So it's like the, 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 the earth, we'll, we'll look at it now in a bit, let me not jump ahead. But God is a good God. God is a good God. He's a good Father. James, the book of James says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. That's the God that we have. That's the Father that we have. It's His goodness and His nature to provide and to look after. Okay? 
And you know what? If, if you look at James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. So in James chapter 1, verse 5, if you look at this unabraded not, you know, this is not talking so much about you and me approaching God as much as it's talking about the God we're approaching. It's trying, James chapter 1 is trying to reveal to us the goodness and the nature of God, His character. Okay? And what is it showing us? That He giveth to all men liberally. And upbraideth not is, is saying that God is no fault finder. God is not a fault finder. Yeah, I might even leave the second message because this is really good for me even. I'm enjoying it. But it's like God doesn't find fault. We come to God and we're like, Father, I need X, Y, and Z. Please provide for me this or whatever. And often what we do is we've got our checklist in our subconscious. And it's like, uh, do I deserve what I'm asking for? <laughs> have I sinned? Have I done this? Have I tithed? Have I sowed? Have I whatever? Have I whatever? We've got this whole bunch of things. Did I pray this week? Did I do this? And then we think that if there's an area of our lives where, which kind of exposes us as not deserving, God would find fault with us and not give. But that's not true. That's not the nature of God. He doesn't find fault with us. So if you come to God, He's not going to say, but you're not a Christian even he's not going to say but you didn't go to church this week i'll say that <laughs> no we, we have to have some kind of standards when it comes to helping people you know if someone comes just randomly and it's like a, we, we need financial help we're like but who are you you're not part of us you know which church do you go to we have to do things like that because there's many people to help across all the different campuses so, so it's like but but when you go to god he's not going to go you know which church did you say you're going to? <laughs> he, he doesn't do that. Okay? God blesses without prejudice. He blesses everybody. Okay? You know that all that God knows to do is bless. That's all He knows what to do. But we don't have confidence in that part of His nature. We have confidence, more, more um, uh, uh, security in a... In a judge, not a judgmental, in a judgmental, but more in a legalistic kind of accounting thing or in a system of whatever I put in, that's what I can get out. You know, the only thing that's preventing you from experiencing His blessing is you. You disqualify you because you're not receiving. How, how is it that we're not receiving? Because we're not focused in on His character, His nature, His goodness. I mean, I remember um, years back, we were doing some door-to-door -door ministry and we went into this house and this guy, uh, we sat with these old people, <coughs> two old guys, and uh, I said to them, okay, so is there anything we, they, they said that they're Christians, but they just welcomed us in. And so I said, well, what can we pray for you for? And the one guy said to the other guy, uh, uh, oh, you know what, we, we, we don't deserve any, anything from God. We've lived our lives, you know, we've, we've got so much, and, and he was telling me, we've got so much that we, we've done wrong. But you can pray for our grandkids. And he went on to tell me about how his, his children had died and he was looking after his grandkids. And he said, God will hear the prayer for a, a, an innocent child. But, you know, for us, like, we, we, we don't really stand too much chance. So please pray for our grandkids. That they will have opportunities, that their education will be great and whatever. And I was like, here's my opportunity. So then I shared with them the good news 
that that's got nothing to do with your relationship with God. God doesn't treat you like that. He treats you better than you deserve. And this, these guys got excited. So much so that they were looking at each other. Are you hearing what he's saying? They wanted to get out of their chair because they were excited about the true nature of God. Because religion has painted a picture for us of God's not going to bless you unless you do your part. What's your part? Just ask. Believe. It's not anything else. Okay? You know, he, if you think about it, he blesses people who don't love him. Why? Because it's his character, it's his nature. He's a giver. He loves man. He gave Jesus for us before we even thought, even thought about him, before we even gave, before we even prayed, before we even asked for anything. He gave his best for us, Jesus. Psalm 104, verse 24. Lord, you have made many things with your wisdom. You made them all. The earth is full of your riches. So now, you and I want some riches. Amen? And what a lot of cuckoo Christianity will do is tell you to come and give your money into the bucket so that you can get some of these riches because the riches are in the spiritual realm. I spoke, this was one of the first messages I gave you on the first, one of the first Sundays that we had Grace Life Rondebosch. And it was that the blessings in spiritual places is not money. Ephesians 1 verse 3. It's the Spirit. And there's many other parts of it, but the spiritual blessings are spiritual. <laughs> they are not tangible. There are tangible blessings, but when the Bible is talking about the blessing of Abraham, it's not talking about money, because before God blessed Abraham, he was already rich. He already had money. And how did he get rich? Because he was a fraudulent. <laughs> You go look it up. We've got teaching on that if you want it. But think about it. How many rich people do you know that are unbelievers? That are ungodly? That don't love God? That don't love you? <laughs> that don't treat people well? And that are always trying to cut corners and do things wrong? And here you and I are, assuming you are as well, also like trying to do things right. Trying to do things honorably in a way that glorifies God. And in a way that blesses people. And we're not making it like some of these, uh, these guys. Why? Look at this verse. The earth is full of riches. Not the church. <laughs> the church is full of spiritual wealth and we've got to have a value on the spiritual more than on the temporal. But think about it. Where is gold? It's not in heaven. There's gold in heaven. Okay, I, I get it. The streets of gold. But think about it. Where is the gold on earth? It's in the earth. How do you get it? Shandala, shandala. No! How do you get gold? You mine. You know, we went to a mining town, Shurugui, in Zimbabwe, and these guys want gold. So you know what they do? They put up a little tent, and they build a little uh, uh, thingy like this with wood, and they tie a rope to it, and they dig a hole, and they go into their hole, and they look for gold. And if they find gold, they try and hide the gold, because the person with the biggest panga wins. And they butcher each other for that gold. But they, how are they trying to get gold? By mining. Okay? You want gold? You've got to mine. <laughs> Who gets to mine out the gold? The riches from the earth. Believers and unbelievers. Whoever has the opportunity, whoever has the skill, whoever goes for it. I've never seen anyone get wealthy by sitting and waiting. 
I've, never, I've seen provision come, miracles come, things like that, yes. But I've never seen someone get wealthy by sitting and giving into a bucket. You know, uh, 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 let me pause there. This is a good story. One, uh, uh, I've got lots of friends who love give to get messages. And one of them, the, the, these guys that uh, I used to know, uh, he, uh, he, we were talking and he was like, this is so powerful. Like the, his ministry is growing because he's got, now they've got lots of money. And they, they gauge success and spirituality by how much money do you have? How many of you like that? Bring out your bank balance and then let's, let's talk about who's got the most faith in the room. That's not how God does it. You've got a church in Solari's past full of poor people who, who are more passionate than most churches in the city of Cape Town. I won't make us feel bad and compare us to them. But when they worship, they worship wholeheartedly. When they give, they give wholeheartedly. When they go out and do street ministry, they're going for it. They're passionate, those guys. They are rich in faith. The Bible talks about rich in faith and rich in works and then rich in material wealth. Just because you don't have material wealth doesn't mean you have poor faith. Maybe you have poor skills. <laughs> maybe you have poor management uh, 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 abilities or maybe you have too many management disabilities. Look at the New Living Translation of Psalm 104.14. It says, You cause grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food for the earth. Look at the NET. He provides grass for the cattle, crops for people to cultivate, so they can produce food from the ground. So if you don't cultivate, you don't harvest. Yeah. You know, when the Bible talks about, uh, especially in the Old Testament, uh, the, the New Testament, sowing and reaping, it's referring to scriptures in the Old Testament. And I'm not getting into all of this too much detail, but you know what it's talking about? Agriculture. <laughs> you plant a seed in the ground, you look after it, and what happens? Fruitfulness. Okay? It's good. <laughs> the riches of the earth are available to all people. Every single one of us have an opportunity. We might not have all the opportunities that each other have, but we're all here. We just need to look for the opportunities. Okay? We just need to look for the opportunities. You don't have to believe in Jesus to be rich. If you don't believe me, go and Google and look who's the richest people in the world. Go and Google the Middle East and look at those guys and how much wealth they have. They don't have Jesus and they didn't do it with Jesus. You know, I know a very wealthy businessman in, 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 in Zimbabwe as well. He didn't get rich. He's Christian now. But, and he's using his money very wisely to, to, to fund missions and ministries and things like that. He's one of the biggest, he was at one stage, one of the biggest givers to one of the biggest ministries in Africa. One of the top ten. But he got all his money before he became a Christian. You know? You only have to work those riches from the earth. You need to dig for them. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. Okay? So, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. The world and all those who dwell in there. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. When we were with you, we told you that if a man doesn't work, he should not eat. <laughs> okay? If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. 
doesn't say if a man doesn't sow, he shouldn't eat. If a man doesn't give, he shouldn't eat. Now there's seasons and there's things going on where sometimes you can't work or you can't find work or whatever. And the family of God, the Bible shows us, should be there to look after each other as best as we can. To pro- God wants to provide for each other through each other. Amen? But here's the thing. If someone's lazy, faith can't save them. If someone's lazy, faith can't save them. I can hear it's going over really well. (laughs) So, you know, let's look at another verse there. Ephesians 4, 28. Let him who steals, steal no more. Instead, let him labor. What does labor mean? Work. Let him work, working with his hands, things which are good, that he may have something to share with him who is in need. From this verse, we work to create wealth because we know we're blessed. We work to create wealth because we know we're blessed. You've got the Spirit of God if you're a believer. That's, you're blessed. You're blessed. Now, you can, you can with the, the, the abilities or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you can go into the marketplace and you have an added advantage. Do this. Don't do this. Some of you have got testimonies like that. I've heard them. Where you pray and you've got a strategy. Where you pray and you've got an idea. Where you, because, you know, why didn't the person sitting next to you do that, whether they're a Christian or not? Because they didn't ask God. And you did. <laughs> You tapped into something that added advantage. But then from our work, we're able to earn and meet our needs and help meet the needs of others. Okay, the Bible's crystal clear on this. If you don't work, you have nothing. And you shouldn't eat. We don't tell the needy to give so that they can have. We don't tell the needy, the people who don't have, you need to work so that you can, uh, you need to give so that you can have. What do we do? We give to them to help them and we help them find work so that they can work and then have. That's, that, the, the opposite is cruel. The opposite is cruel where it's like you don't have anything? Well, I'm going to take an offering now. <laughs> Let me take what you've got so that you can uh, uh, trust God even more. And it's like then miracles definitely have to happen. Because your back's up against the wall, you've got nothing else that you can do. But, you know, and, and praise God for miracles. I've had miracles of provision and stuff. But you don't, God doesn't want us to live there. He wants us to mature. What is maturity? Well, when you come of age, you leave the house. And you, you don't, you're no longer looked after and, and, and spoon-fed. But now you, you provide for yourself. You've ear, you earn your keep. Now, I'm not saying that there's legalism in the family of God. Not at all. But what I am saying is that God put skills in you. God put dreams in you. God put books in you to write. God's put ideas in you. That's your ability to create wealth. And if you do nothing with that, then you have nothing to do. Then you have nothing to eat. So giving in the church doesn't bring additional money to you. What brings additional money to you is work. You don't pray and fast to get money. You pray and fast to get hungry. Okay? What produces money is work. It's called business. He that doesn't work shouldn't eat. You don't faith work. You work work. Okay? Why do we give in church? It's not because we want to be blessed. It's because we are blessed. 
Why do we give? Because we want other people to be blessed by what we've been blessed with, with regards to this, this message of eternal life. Okay? It is part of God's goodness that's kept you where you are, that's given you the abilities that you have, that's, that has given you the interests that you have, the skills that you have, the opportunities that you have. And now you need to engage yourself in work. Listen, there's no future for lazy Christians. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's forgiveness, but there's no future. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we're happy to look after people who are going through problems, but I'm not happy to look after people who are lazy. When as soon as I pick up if you're lazy, then I won't look after you. It's not, and that's my grace for you. My grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> you know, does God perform financial miracles? Most certainly. How? He connects you to opportunities. He connects you to opportunities. You know, yeah, even if you don't see the opportunity, you still do something. He connects you to ideas. And I know a lot of you, uh, your, your situations, your stories, you've got amazing ideas. Now you maybe need the opportunity. Maybe now you need the connection to the right person or whatever. Those are the things we trust God for. God doesn't have money to give you. He has people who have money to give you. Okay, but he has ideas to give you. He can help create opportunities for you. And so we, that's what we need to be trusting for. Not God, please make me rich. I'm rich. You know, it's very funny. We've got these confessions. I'm rich. I'm prosperous. I'm blessed. I used to be in all of that. And you know what's funny about that? Is that you've never heard a rich person do that. Elon Musk, I am rich. I am blessed. I'm highly favored. It's like... He's just cool, playing it nice and cool, like fine. There's a bit of crazy in the church. So I, before I go on, if you are trusting God for an opportunity, if you're trusting God for maybe an idea or for something like that, you're needing a, a, a wisdom or something with regards to where you're going and what you're doing, then stand up because I want to pray for you. We're not praying for money, we're praying for opportunities, we're praying for wisdom, we're praying for, for you to be connected to the right people, and together we're just going to be trusting God for that. So if that's you, stand up. And so just, uh, if you're sitting, just uh, put your faith out there with us, and for all of us, just let's just put up our faith together. Let's just pray, you pray in the Spirit. Father, I just thank you right now that as we're standing, as we're just trusting you, as we're looking to you, you are our Father. You never leave us. You never forsake us. I thank you right now for open doors, Father. I thank you, Father, that you, uh, 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 there, there, there would be, I have this picture. Let me just explain the picture rather than try and pray the picture. But I have this picture. This is for some of you. Where there's people that have been holding back your opportunity. For some of you, there's people that have been holding back your opportunity. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak favor for you in their hearts. Favor that doesn't make sense. Thank you, Father. Right now, that hearts would be turned and that doors would open in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that even though we can have great ideas, not every idea is from you. But I thank you that you're going to give new ideas, fresh ideas. 
in the name of Jesus. Creativity, just flow now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, just for a creative flow. Your Father created the universe. Your DNA is creative. Your DNA is creative. You have creativity. Stop saying you don't. You have creativity. Now, I feel for, for probably the majority of, of you, the, 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 the next step, the next step is just stepping forward. The next step is just stepping forward. Stop playing it safe. Stop trying to play it safe. Stop waiting for a big sign. Step forward. Step forward. Go for it. Father, I just thank you right now for a boldness to rise up and a conviction to rise up in uh, those standing that they would begin to step into your plans, your purposes, your provision through putting your, the, their hands to work, putting their ideas to work. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. If you'd like to get hold of us or to obtain more free teachings, you can visit us online at www.gracelife.co.